Well, I want to tell you before we get into the message about a guy who's sitting at home and he hears a knock at the door. And he opens the door and he sees a snail on his porch. So he picks up the snail and he throws it as far as he can. A year later, there's another knock at the door. He opens it and sees the same snail. The snail says, what was that all about? Some of you will get that. Tonight, I'm going to start a new series for you. It's actually based on a book called Mastering the Silence by Doug Jones. Uh, however, I'm not going to use that title as my series. The series is going to be called Maintaining the Mind. Maintaining the Mind. So this is part one. So when we talk about maintaining, let me just define that for you. The word maintain means to preserve from failure or decline. To preserve from failure or decline. So when I began thinking about that, how many of you own a car? All right, almost everyone. So when you buy a car, whether it's brand new, whether it's a used car, there's a maintenance schedule that comes with it, especially if you buy a new one. They want to make sure whether 5,000, 6,000 miles, you bring it in for an oil change. After so many miles, you have to change the tires. Then there's a tune-up. And you take your car to a service station, and they do this work for you. Why are they doing that? To properly maintain it so that your car remains healthy from failure or decline. If you don't change the oil on a regular basis, dirt gets in there, the engine gets corroded, and it's not a good thing. Your engine eventually blows up. How do I know that? Because I did that. I used to have a car that leaked oil all the time, and you just forget about it, and all of a sudden you start hearing this clankety-clank, and the next thing you know, your car stops on the side of the road, and it's not a good thing. So I was thinking about that with a car, and then I thought, do we have a maintenance schedule for our mind? Think about that for a minute. Do you have to do things, or are there things we could do to prevent our mind from failing or declining? And what is the result of not properly maintaining your mind? Let me give you a statement. And then we'll look at this. The unmaintained mind is the mother of humanity's entire moral decline. The unmaintained mind is the mother of humanity's entire moral decline. How many of you know there's things in our world today that 20, 30, 40 years ago you would have never even thought of? It would have been completely crazy to think about some of the morality that's going on today that never existed before. People don't even know what gender they are today. Before, we used to know. Uh, my daughter actually sent me an article. I thought she was kidding. I thought this can't possibly be true. But I don't know the technical name for it, but there are people who are now identifying as frogs. Frogs. They think they're frogs. So again, why would that happen? Why would we get to that point? 
because we have not properly maintained our mind, and we are not thinking correctly. So an unmaintained mind is going to affect marriages. It's going to lead teenagers into a life of rebellion against their parents, against authority. It's going to cause a life for people of depression, hopelessness, and despair. So with that said, we can see how important it is to maintain our mind. Turn tonight to Romans 12, and let's look at verse 2. Romans 12. If you actually have your Bible, it's good to open it up and find the verse. We like you to follow along, those of you watching at home, because we want you to see that we're preaching from the Word. In Romans 12, 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I have preached on this verse hundreds and hundreds of times, and there's a lot of direction that we can go with this. I could probably spend the entire service just on this verse, but I want to focus here toward the end. It says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Shouldn't one of our primary goals in life be figuring out what the perfect will of God is for us? How many of you would agree that that would be a good thing to know? What is God's will for my life? So the Bible tells us right here that we can figure it out. Now, beside the specific will or calling in your life, I can tell you that His will for your life includes health, security, freedom, and victory. Those things I know positively that it's His will for your life because the Bible says that His will on earth is the same as His will in heaven. So we can figure that out. So the Bible tells us right here that the key to operating in his perfect will is renewing our mind. Everyone, I want you to point to the side of your head for a minute. All right? Tap it a few times. If it's empty, you're in trouble. All right? We need to focus on renewing our mind. Now, let me look at that for a minute. Let me look at the word renew. The word renew means a renovation. So sometimes you take something that's old, you re, re- uh, I can't even say the word, <laughs> renovation, renovate. You renovate it, and it looks better than what it was. It also means a complete change for the better. How many of you want to be better? I, I want to be better tomorrow than I am today. I I hope a month from now, I'm not the same. A year from now, that I continue to keep growing in my walk with the Lord. But I like what the literal definition is for renew. It means to provide new strength and vigor. To provide new strength and vigor. Some of us were just walking around, and we feel like the world has just come upon us. We just can't seem to escape the weight of the world. But the Bible says when we renew our mind, it provides new strength and vigor because it changes the way we look at things. 
Listen, we can turn on the news right now and we can get depressed. We can think, where is this world going? This is not good. I wish I wasn't here. Lord, come quickly. Or we can change the way we think, and it changes the way we act. So renewing our mind is crucial for maintenance. You take your car in for service, it's better than it was. We need to get our mind serviced so that we will prevent failure or decline from negative thoughts coming into our brain. So what is being renovated? What is being changed for the better? What is given new strength and vigor? Our mind. So a renewed mind directs us to the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. When our mind is renewed, we will know what his will is for our life. And that's good news. So how do we renew our mind? I mean, it sounds like a good thing to do. Where's the service station that we go for the renewing? Right here. The Word of God. See, some of us, we may open up our Bible once a week when we come to church. But guess what? Things are happening every single day. Thoughts are coming into our mind every single day. We need to go to the source that is going to help renew our mind, renew our thinking, so that we are thinking properly. His Word reveals His will. So you want to operate in the perfect will of God? What does his word say about situations that you're in? People are like, oh, I just feel depressed. What does God's word say? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Well, I I think I'm coming down with something. Well, what does the word say? By Jesus' stripes, you are healed. See, if I don't have my mind renewed, then when those thoughts come into it, I haven't maintained my mind, and all of a sudden, I start thinking negatively. All levels of today's society are feeling the effects of an unrenewed mind. And that is the responsible responsibility of us to get into the Word so that we don't end up in moral decline. Our world is in moral decline. It's not getting better. It's not getting better. So do we allow the world to affect how we think? We have divorce, result of an unrenewed mind. Rebellion, depression, sexual immorality, drugs, alcohol, these are all consequences to thoughts acted upon with an unrenewed mind. Because if we knew what the Word of God said, we wouldn't be in a divorce situation. If we knew what the Word of God said, we wouldn't be in a depressed situation. If we knew what the Word of God said, we wouldn't be a drug addict or an alcoholic. We start making choices that go against the Word of God. It's all a result of not properly maintaining the mind. Now, I'm going to tell you something. It might sound a little sad at first, but there is good news. As long as you are alive on the earth, 
until Jesus returns, you will experience a constant battle in your mind. I got to say that again, because I don't think people realize that as long as you're alive on this earth, until Jesus returns, you will experience a constant battle in the mind. No one is immune from it. Doesn't matter your age, your gender, your race, whether you're an amphibian, all right, you will experience. You know what? It doesn't even matter what your religion, if you're a Christian. People get this thing. What we're kind of brought up, I remember uh, when I was growing up, people are like, come to Jesus, and everything's going to be all right for the rest of your life. Eh, incorrect. How many of you know that is not true? In fact, the devil attacks you more, but with Jesus, you're able to overcome. So let's look at this constant fight. Go over to 1 Timothy 6.12. 1 Timothy 6.12. I'm going to look at the beginning of this. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Now this is Paul speaking to Timothy. Paul is an experienced, seasoned minister. Timothy is a young inexperienced minister, and he's trying to give him some advice that is going to help him in his ministry, and he's telling him that we have to fight the good fight of faith. That word fight there means a struggle, a fight, great exertion or effort. A struggle, a fight, great exertion or effort. So what Paul is telling Timothy is it takes effort to continually walk the walk of faith. There's energy and effort required. There is a misconception that Christians just effortlessly glide all the way to God's destination for their life without any effort whatsoever. And that's not true. We are told there will be no hiccups, no struggles in our walk with God. You know, just me being here today did not come easy. Did not. All right, I put my message together. And I went to transfer it to my iPad, which has worked flawlessly up until today. No power whatsoever. Couldn't even get a light to appear. Completely crashed. Like, how am I going to preach without an iPad? It's been so long. I have to go back to paper? Like, this just does not seem right. We're in the year 2022. So I'm like, okay, I got to do paper. So I go to print it. I'm not kidding. I wish I was making this up. Printer out of ink. I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to prepare the message for you. Whoa, what's going on? So I had to get more ink, put it in there, get in the car. One of the tires is low on air. See, 
As a Christian, we need to learn how to overcome regardless of what's going on. We could have allowed our mind to say, you know what, I guess God doesn't want me to teach tonight. I'll just call up David and say, hey, can't come in. Can't do it. Too much pressure. And some of us, we give up. But the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. There is a constant struggle for the mind to understand God's will. But we need to make a conscious effort that we are going to keep going. We are going to maintain our mind. We are going to think correctly. Now, how does our mind get off kilter in the first place? Oh, it starts early, early in life. You're told by your parents, don't throw balls in the house. That's the rule. You don't understand the rule. It seems like they're trying to take away your fun. So all of a sudden, mom and dad aren't home. You see a ball sitting there calling you. You want to have some fun? They'll never know. What do we do? We start thinking. They'll never find out. So me and my sister start throwing balls in the house. What happens? She throws it a little too high. I miss, and it knocks over dad's favorite cup. His cup is now broken. What do we do? I know what we do. We carefully put it back on the shelf and put the pieces together. And when dad goes to pick it up and it falls apart, whoa, well, dad, what'd you do? Your favorite cup. But we make choices early on. There's a battle going on in the mind, and we choose to do something that we know we shouldn't do. Failing to maintain our mind produces consequences, and those consequences increase in severity as we age. So when we're young, we throw the ball, something gets broke, we get disciplined. We may cheat on a test, and then the professor catches us, and we fail the test. But as we get older, and we play outside the lines, we may end up in jail or in prison. So we've got to maintain our mind according to the Word of God. As an adult, failure to maintain your mind can produce hatred. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never seen the degree of hatred that exists in our world today than any other time. Hatred toward civil authorities, hatred toward employers, hatred toward spouse. I mean, it used to be, oh, you're Republican, you're Democrat, okay, great, you know, high five, we go out to eat. Oh, now if someone's not your political power, I can't even talk to you. You're like the scum of the you. How dare you? What's wrong with you? And all of a sudden, hatred destroys relationships. And it will eventually separate us from one another to the point where if you go to a different church, oh, we can't communicate. I love the name of this church. It's Church United, not Church Hatred, just in case you didn't know. Church United. We unite 
together. We may not always agree on everything. But we're not going to have an unrenewed mind and allow hatred. You, you know what happens? Hatred begins as a seed. Someone does something you don't like, and at first you think it's no big thing. Your spouse does something you don't like, and that seed is planted. And over time, it begins to grow and grow and grow to the point where all of a sudden they're making toast for you because as a man, you don't know how to make your own toast. <laughs> and they burn the bread, and it's like, what is this? You're burning my bread? That's it. We're getting a divorce. Now, how does burn bread produce a divorce? It's not the bread. It's the little things that have been mounting up over and over and over again, and you've allowed those thoughts not to adhere to the Word of God. Go to Philippians 4 7. Philippians 4 7 says this And the peace, everyone say peace. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Notice it says peace, not hatred, will guard your mind. The peace of God, not the hatred. People think God's some mean old man up in heaven just waiting for you to make a mistake so he can whack you over the head with a stick. No, he loves you. Even when you mess up, he loves you. The Bible says peace will guard your mind. That word peace, oh, I love this definition. It means to protect by a military guard. To protect by a military guard. Imagine if you had a military guard following you everywhere you go. Someone gets out of line. Someone cuts you off in traffic. He takes care of them. Oh, we have our angels. Similar. But it also means this, to prevent a hostile invasion. So the word guard means to prevent a hostile invasion. What is happening when a negative thought comes into your mind? It is a hostile invasion because the Bible says you are to have the mind of Christ. So negativity, anything that is contrary to the Word of God that is entering your mind is a hostile invasion. And if I allow myself to operate or stay in peace, then I will not allow those negative thoughts, those hostile invasions to come into my mind and produce hatred towards someone. Failure to maintain our minds reduces the quality of life that God intended for his children. If you are not experiencing the quality of life that the Bible says that you should have, then there's some thoughts in your mind that need to be renewed. Let me read this statement to you. Thoughts lead on to purposes. Purposes go forth in action. Actions form habits. 
Habits decide character, and character fixes our destiny. I'll say that again. Thoughts lead on to purposes. Purposes go forth in action. Actions form habits. Habits decide character, and character fixes our destiny. So your thoughts will eventually determine where you end up in life. Let's look at one last scripture. Go over to Matthew 5, 27 and 28. Matthew 5, 27 and 28. I remember the first time I heard this as a kid. Kind of shocked me. Jesus speaking, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. Now, I knew that as a kid. Most people know you should not commit adultery, although that's standard today. We don't call it uh, adultery today anymore. No, it's an extracurricular activity. Makes it sound so much nicer. But Jesus said, but I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery within his heart. I was shocked when I read that as a teenager. I'm like, oh my gosh. I am in trouble. Mom, I've been doing a lot of extracurricular activity. Hasn't produced any six-pack abs for me, but... So here's the thing when you read that. Deterioration of a marriage begins with failure to maintain proper thoughts that come into the mind. Actually, they say adultery has become one of the primary causes of divorce. Now, when you read that, how, how could Jesus say that? I mean, I didn't even commit the act. And you're saying just because I've thought about it, I've already committed adultery? I mean, come on, that doesn't seem fair. What is he trying to get from that verse? That sin begins in the mind. Sin begins in the mind. There is no adultery without thinking about it first. Thoughts always precede actions. So long before anger, a temper, or selfishness is manifested, thoughts begin and they were allowed to remain and grow and eventually produce negativity in our life. Failure to maintain our mind has opened up the door for our lives to be controlled and dominated by rebellion, worry, depression, envy, fornication, lying, unforgiveness, fear, and on and on and on. So the question is, how do we win the battle to maintain our mind to be continued? 